Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Margaret Paul with the Inner Bonding Podcast. And today I want to talk about a very common issue in relationships, which is um, the, the relationship gremlins of takers and caretakers. So takers and caretakers often seem to find each other. As an inner bonding facilitator who has worked with relationships for so many years, I can tell you that this is the most frequent relationship dynamic that I encounter. Takers are people who tend to exhibit various aspects of narcissism. That is, they tend to be self-centered with an excessive need for attention and admiration. The taker attempts to control getting love and attention and approval or sex from others with controlling behavior, overtly controlling behavior, such as anger and blame and violence and and criticism and irritation and righteousness and neediness and invasive touch and invasive energy or incessant talking, emotional drama, or even on the more covert level, being extra nice, acting extra nice. The taker uses many forms of both overt and covert control to get the attention that he or she wants. Now, takers not only want a lot of control, but they're often afraid of being controlled and become overtly or covertly resistant to doing what someone else wants them to do. The taker might resist with denial and defending, procrastination, rebellion, being irresponsible, being indifferent, withdrawing, um, just going dead, going numb, getting rigid, or acting incompetent. In a relationship, takers generally operate from the belief that you are responsible for my feelings of pain and joy. It's your job to make sure that I'm okay. Now, caretakers, on the other hand, operate from the belief that, yeah, I am responsible for your feelings, and when I do it right, then you'll be happy, and then I will receive the love, approval, and attention I need. Caretakers tend to sacrifice their own needs and their own wants to take care of the needs and wants of others, even when others are capable of doing it for themselves. Caretakers give to others from fear rather than from love. They give in order to get love and approval or avoid disapproval and anger. In other words, their giving has an agenda. Neither takers nor caretakers take responsibility for their own feelings and well-being. Takers generally attempt to have control over others, giving them the attention and admiration they want, as I said, in more overt ways, while caretakers tend to try and have control over getting approval and attention in more covert ways, such as compliance, doing too much for others, uh, withholding their own wants and their own needs. Because neither takers nor caretakers are taking loving care of themselves, they're each going to end up feeling angry and resentful and trapped and unappreciated and unseen and unloved, misunderstood and unacknowledged. When you feel this way in a relationship, it's likely because you're expecting the other person to give you what you're not giving to yourself. When you're not seeing and valuing and acknowledging or understanding yourself, and when you're not attending to your own wants and needs, you're always going to feel upset 
when others treat you just like you're treating yourself. Codependent relationships, which are relationships of two takers, two caretakers, or a taker and a caretaker, like we've been talking about, will almost always run into problems. Many people leave these relationships only to discover the same problems in their next relationships. Takers and caretakers can switch places in different relationships and over different issues, but the problems remain the same. Anger, resentment, distance, lack of sexuality, boredom, feeling unloved, and unloving. The more I've explored the deeper dynamics of takers and caretakers, the more I've discovered that understanding these positions is vital and essential to healing relationship relationship issues. Both takers and caretakers come from the wounded self and from the wounded self's core shame belief of I'm not good enough. Their behavior is just two sides of the same coin. Lots of times caretakers think, oh, they're better, they're more loving, but really it's just different ways of trying to control getting what you want because you're not giving yourself, you're not loving yourself and giving yourself what you need, and so you don't have love to share. Out of our early childhood experiences, each of us at some point concluded that we were not good enough, that we have no intrinsic worth, that were flawed, defective, unimportant. Once we draw this unconscious conclusion, then we also decide, again unconsciously, on how we're going to go about feeling worthy. Those of us who become primarily caretakers decide that, well, if I put myself aside and take care of others and others see me as good, then then I'm okay. Those of us who become primarily takers decide that if I can get others to love me, attend to me, approve of me, and see me as special and important to them, then I'm okay. All of us can be both takers and caretakers when we're in our wounded self. It just depends on the situation, on the relationship, and on the issue. For example, you might be a caretaker when it comes to sexuality, um, or you you might be a taker when it comes to the financial issue. So it can go back and forth over different issues in a relationship. Both takers and caretakers become addicted to defining their worth externally. They, they become addicted to others defining their worth, but they just do it differently. Caretakers often see themselves, like I said, as loving and and they're trying to get defined as good and worthy by being nice and often overly nice and by giving themselves up and caring about others to the exclusion of themselves. Takers tend to see themselves as entitled to get what they want from others. They tend to have a narcissistic what-about-me attitude and can even get violent when they don't get what they want or what they think they deserve. Both takers and caretakers are coming from fear rather than from love. Both are out of balance. Caretakers need more compassion for themselves. Caretakers tend to be compassionate towards others, but not towards themselves. 
Takers need more compassion for both themselves and others. Both takers and caretakers are trying in different ways to get others to give them the compassion rather than give the compassion that, that they want and need rather than give this to themselves. Both takers and caretakers are trying to control. The difference is, is that caretakers generally do it with covert control, as I said, with like niceness and compliance, and takers generally do it with overt control, such as anger and blame. Both end up feeling like victims when they don't get what they want. Caretakers and takers set up a system where the, ta- where the caretaker gives the taker what the taker seemingly wants. And as long as the caretaker does a quote right, things may seem okay, unless the taker has periodic episodes of rage. But at the same point, caretakers may feel drained and unhappy because they're not getting back the hope for love and validation. At this point, caretakers might feel angry, betrayed, and trapped. Look at all I've given you, and this is what I get. If caretakers get help and realize that they've been giving themselves up to get love, they might start to take better care of themselves. But at this point, a relationship might go into turmoil. The system that they originally agreed on is changing, and the takers might feel betrayed by the changes. I tell my clients who are in this situation that there's a 50-50 chance of the relationship surviving and there's a 50-50 chance that the taker, um, there's a 50-50 chance that, that the taker will get some help and start to take responsibility for him or herself, but there's also a 50% chance that the taker will leave the relationship to seek another caretaker. Relationships can also go into turmoil if the taker loses interest and starts to seek attention and validation elsewhere. Turmoil can also occur if the caretaker finds someone else to caretake who is more receptive than his or her partner. So what makes one person choose caretaking and another become a taker in response to the core shame that, that we all decide on when we're young. So there's a number of answers to this question. Some of this choice comes from the role modeling in the family. If a child believes that the taker parent has the power, the child might model themselves after that parent. However, if the child is very sensitive and empathic, or they've been parentified by a narcissistic parent, they might become a caretaker. Often caretakers feel other people's feelings way more than takers. Perhaps people are born with different levels of empathy, or perhaps takers succeed in putting a lid on their level of empathy. Caretakers who are unable to not have empathy for others want to take away others' pain so they don't have to feel it so much. But there's a very big difference between empathy and caretaking. Empathy is the ability to compassionately feel other people's feelings, while caretaking is sacrificing the needs and wants of your own inner child to take care of the needs and wants of others' inner children when they're capable of doing it for themselves. It's giving to others from fear rather than from love. It's giving to get, giving with an agenda um, through taking responsibility for other people's feelings.
So caretakers end up having lots of compassion for others, but very little for themselves. They hope the taker will eventually give them the compassion they're seeking, but takers often lack empathy and, and compassion both for themselves and for others. Takers demand that others give to them and love them, believing that their best feelings come from others' love. Caretakers believe that their best feelings come from being seen by others as good and that they're selfish if they take care of themselves. Takers feel that others are selfish if they take care of themselves instead of take care of the, of the taker. One of my clients asked, if I stop caretaking others and learn to take loving care of myself, will I lose my compassion for others? The answer is no. You're actually going to end up having more compassion for others, and here's why. Caretaking comes from the wounded self. When you caretake others, you're trying to do what you think they want so that they're going to like you or not get angry with you. Caretaking is a form of control that, as I said, always has an agenda attached. Caretaking involves giving yourself up in some way in order to get someone to give you what you're not giving to yourself. Whereas compassion comes from the loving adult. It flows naturally from your heart to others when you have compassion for yourself. The more you learn to have compassion for yourself and you learn to take loving care of yourself, the more your compassion will naturally flow to others. There's no agenda attached to compassion and caring from the loving adult. You freely offer compassion to others because it feels good to do so, not because you want, need, or expect anything in return. It's so ironic to me that many people believe that taking loving care of themselves is selfish and will lead to uncaring behavior towards others. The truth is that nothing could be further from the truth. It's when you're not taking loving care of yourself that you might be selfish. When you're abandoning yourself and instead caretaking others or expecting others to caretake you, you're needy. Whenever you're judging yourself, staying in your mind and ignoring your feelings, covering over your feelings with addictions, or making others responsible for your feelings, you create an inner emptiness that then needs to get filled by others. Trying to get others to fill you rather than taking responsibility for your own feelings and needs is selfish. Expecting others to give themselves up to give you what you're unwilling to give to yourself is selfish. Not caring about the effects on others of your unloving behavior is selfish. Taking loving care of yourself is the opposite of selfishness. When you learn to take loving care of yourself through your inner bonding process, you're filling yourself up with love which you can then share with others. Instead of needing anything from others, needing them to hear you and validate you, give you attention, approve of you, you're hearing yourself, validating yourself, giving yourself the attention you need and approving of yourself. When you don't need anything from others, you receive great joy in sharing your love and compassion with them. It feels wonderful to share love. In fact, it's one of the highest experiences in life. 
If your wounded self is telling you that it's selfish to take care of yourself instead of caretaking others, please recognize that your wounded self is coming from false programmed beliefs and it doesn't know what it's talking about. When I used to caretake, I convinced myself that I was being loving and compassionate. It's not that I wasn't a compassionate person, but that, but that I, I couldn't truly be compassionate when I had an agenda, which was generally to get compassion back. Since I wasn't attending to myself, since I wasn't giving myself compassion, I desperately wanted others to give me the compassion I wasn't giving to myself. You might want to notice the difference in what it feels like inside when you're giving love and compassion to get love and compassion, or giving love and compassion for the joy of it. The former is draining, while the latter is fulfilling. The former ends in resentment when you don't get it back, while the latter feels complete within. So as I've stated, caretaking is a covert form of control, which may include compliance, niceness, praise, seductiveness. Caretaking is one of the ways the wounded self tries to protect against rejection, as well as a way to not feel your own and others' pain. When you're caretaking, you put your own inner child in a closet to take care of another's inner child with the hope that the other person will feel loved and will then eventually take your inner child out of the closet and love you. Which, of course, never happens. Now, caregiving, as differentiated from caretaking, is doing for another what they can't do for themselves. As with children or ill people or the elderly who you've agreed to take care of, even when you're sacrificing yourself. Caregiving comes from the loving adult, giving from the heart, while caretaking comes from the wounded self, often giving from fear or from the false beliefs regarding what's loving. Caregiving, as well as giving love and gifts to others from your heart, has no agenda attached. That is, there's no expectations that others will give back or approve of you. Caregiving, caring, and giving are pure gifts of the heart. If you give to others and you end up unhappy that you're not receiving appreciation or acknowledgement, it's likely that you're, that you're caretaking. When you're giving to get, you may end up feeling like others owe you for what you give. You might find yourself keeping a kind of check and balance system in your head. I cook dinner all week, so he should be taking me out to eat. I bring home the paycheck, so she should make love to me. When you give to get, you may not feel loved until things are, quote, fair or, quote, even. Since things will never be fair or even, or even, giving to get may result in never feeling loved. Caretakers might give to try to avoid rejection, but they may also be coming from a desire to fix the other person so as not to feel their pain. What do you do when you're a deeply empathic person, a person who feels other people's feelings in your own body, and someone you care about is in pain? Of course you want to do all you can do to help relieve the pain. On the surface, there's nothing wrong with this, but it can lead to the trap of caretaking. So, for example, Linda is a deeply empathic 
person. She was born into a family where she was the only one in her whole family that had that deep natural empathy. As a result, she ended up being the person who her, whom her parents and, and siblings relied on for caring and for support. In her marriage, the same thing occurred. She ended up giving while everyone else, her husband and children, ended up taking. In a Zoom session with her, she explored a friendship she was in. I love Maria, but I think I have to end this friendship. She's relying on me more and more for everything, and I'm feeling drained. She just won't take care of herself and keeps expecting me to take care of her. This is one of the problems that deeply empathic people face. They love to help and give, and the way they love feels so good to others that others want more and more of it. But it often, it often ends up being a one-way street. The challenge is to learn to bring that deep empathy within as well to your own inner child, your own feeling self. If you continue to have empathy for others but not for yourself, you're going to find yourself in caretaking relationships over and over again. Even though the actions of true caring and the actions of caretaking might look exactly the same, the intention behind each is totally different. So the energy of the actions is also completely different. For example, Sandy is a caretaker. She's constantly doing things for others, sometimes because they ask her to, and other times because she believes it's what they want and expect. The problem is that Sandy often abandons herself to give to others and then expects others to give back to her and fill the emptiness within her that's being caused by her self-abandonment. She ignores her own feelings and uses giving to others as an addiction to avoid responsibility for herself. She uses her caretaking as a form of control to try to get others to like and value her rather than learning to like and value herself. While others might like what Sandy gives to them, of course they do. Uh, they rarely give back to her in the way she hopes for. So Sandy generally ends up feeling invisible, unappreciated, disappointed, and drained, and often angry as well. The energy of Sandy's caretaking often doesn't actually feel good to others, and they feel pulled on and obligated to give back. Now Monica, on the other hand, has learned through her inner bonding work to connect with her personal source of spiritual guidance, which enables her to define her own worth so that she isn't needy of others' attention and approval. She knows how to fill herself with love and to take responsibility for her own feelings. Before giving to others, she checks in with herself to see if this is something she really wants to do or is in her highest good, so that when she gives, it's for the joy of it. Her caring is a free gift with no strings attached. She has no expectations about how the other person, quote, should respond. She's truly giving and caring rather than caretaking. The energy of Monica's giving and caring feels wonderful, a breath of fresh air that warms the heart and fills the soul. 
While Sandy and Monica may do the exact same thing, for example, cook a lovely meal for their partner, the energy of it is totally different because the intention is totally different. When a husband gives his wife flowers to get something, to get approval or sex or attention, his wife can feel the strings attached and would rather not receive the flowers. She may give him a half smile, but inside she may be feeling shut down or resistance since she knows that the flowers are a form of control. There's no love in the act of giving flowers when the intent is to get something back. When a husband gives his wife flowers because on his way home, his heart fills with love for his wife and he wants to express it in a way that he knows she appreciates it, his wife will love getting the flowers. So while the act of giving the flowers is exactly the same, the intent behind the gift is totally different. We can't hide our intention. It's betrayed in our energy. You might think you hide it, but you don't. There's a world of difference between the energy of caretaking, of giving to get, and the energy of giving and caring for the joy of it. So behind every caretaker is a taker, trying to get love rather than genuinely just wanting to share love. Once you learn to check in first with yourself and your guidance before giving to others, you're going to stop giving when it's not appropriate. Caretaking isn't loving because it's not loving to be doing for others what they need to be doing for themselves, unless it's just coming from that place of love, a pure gift. By checking in with yourself and your guidance, you can turn, tune into what's really loving, both to yourself and to the other person. However, neither takers nor takers generally trust their inner guidance regarding the truth about their goodness and their worth. Both want to get it from outside themselves. They just do it in different ways. So the healing for both the taker and the caretaker comes when you learn to go to your guidance, when you learn to trust your guidance, to open to your guidance for love and for your sense of worth and goodness, rather than trying to get others to do this for you. Relationships heal when individuals heal. When each partner does their inner bonding work, their relationship system can heal. When each partner learns to take personal responsibility for his own feelings of pain and joy and well-being and self-worth, they stop pulling on each other and blaming each other. When each person learns to fill themselves with love and share that love with each other, instead of always trying to get love, the relationship heals. Learning how to take responsibility for your own feelings is one of the essential ingredients in creating a healthy relationship. This means learning to be conscious of what you're feeling and being open to learning about what you're doing to create your own feelings and, 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 and practicing being in step one. That is step one. Step one is being present in your body with your feelings instead of being a victim and believing that others are causing your feelings. Your wounded feelings such as anxiety, depression, insecurity, guilt, shame, anger, aloneness, emptiness, jealousy, envy, come from how you treat yourself and others. 
from what you tell yourself and what you believe about yourself and others rather than from others' behavior. Blaming others for your wounded feelings will always lead to major relationship problems. In reality, you're the only one who, can, who you actually have control over. You're the only one you can change. So why not start today by taking your eyes off your partner and others and putting them squarely on yourself? Why not start today with a consistent inner bonding practice? which you can learn with my 30-day Love Yourself course. It's a very, very powerful way of learning to love yourself. And you can also uh, begin to heal your relationship with my 30-day video relationship course, Wildly, Deeply, Joyously in Love. So go to innerbonding.com. Take advantage of all that we offer there. Um, there's so much free, there's articles, the free course. We offer so much on the site that will help you learn to love yourself so that you can move out of being a taker or caretaker and into creating truly loving, fulfilling relationships. I wish you so much love and health and blessings in your life.